Okay, here we go. So we are week 11. Thanks again, everyone. We're back this week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Dan Fancy Show. Like I said, it's week 11, so we have three weeks left in fantasy before it's off time. So uh, it's, you know, we talk about crunch time a lot, but we are right in the thick of it now. And, um, you know, I know there's going to be all different varying levels of where you're at, but, you know, I've got a team that's out. I got a team that's fighting for a playoff spot, and I have a team that's already in. So, Regardless of where you're at, you're trying to keep a hold of that number one seed or you're trying to squeak in and get that sixth seed. Um, this It's do or die time here in fantasy. So as we all do, we will uh, – there's not a whole lot of news really I think that is noteworthy, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll touch on that. And uh, there is a, a little bit to talk about from uh, the Thursday night box here. I mean uh, – <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit too. Um and so, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, the only kind of fantasy-worthy uh, news, really, other than a few injuries, but that just kind of uh, will affect you on your lineup decisions. But uh, we do have Nick Foles coming back. Uh, it's a bit uh, – it's a little old news, but it's this week since the since the Jags are on a bye last week. This is the first time it really kind of impacts the lineup decisions. So, um and I think, you know, from a fantasy perspective, I don't know if you can really start Nick Foles just yet, but uh, it might have a little bit of impact on those receivers there in Jacksonville. Yeah, like you said, I don't think it's uh, it's time to put Nick Foles in your lineup unless you're in like a two-quarterback situation. Um, but, yeah, um, so the receiver is going to be impacted here, I think, and we talked about this a little bit before we started the show. Um, I think you can just keep uh, – shark at the where he's been yeah um but i think it's time to elevate dd westbrook just a little bit here uh just because of the the prior rapport that he's had with him and uh you know dd's getting back to where he's in the flow of the games now and, and healthy um after missing some time there um but yeah it's and, and you know like you said um before the show like it, if you take away shark's touchdowns and you give them to Didi, or you split them, then they're about even, you right. know? You know, it's just it – just, Chark has been getting all the touchdowns here. And uh, with Nick Foles back, um, I think if you're a Chark owner, um, I think what we said – or what I said before the show, um, he's kind of overachieved here quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, mainly just because of all the touchdowns he's been getting – but uh, I'm excited to see what uh, Didi's going to be able to do with, with Nick Foles back. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm not sure. I, I think the the only maybe negative with Chark, I'm not sure that Nick Foles really specifically is a negative for him, but I think he might just be due for some kind of touchdown regression. Like Kind of like you mentioned, he's kind of been a little bit over his head as far as just the amount of touchdowns that he's scored. I think he's still very startable, you know, borderline wide receiver one, really what he's been up to this point with Foles because Foles' lone touchdown pass this year did go to, to Chark. So I think you're still confident in Chark. But I think definitely the biggest takeaway, like you just mentioned, is that I think this is a – I think we can start looking uh, going forward with D that he could be – work his way pretty quickly back into your lineup. Um, and we've got a little bit of time here, especially if you're a team that's kind of – 
safe for the playoffs. You've got a little bit of time to evaluate him in your lineup uh, late in the year, especially weeks 13 and uh, 15 and 16. Uh, he's got really nice matchups. So I think Didi could be a guy who could really kind of maybe change the course of, of some leagues there um, if, you, if you've if you got him and you make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not starting Didi this week. Um, you're probably – I mean, you probably got to start Chark, depending on what else you got there. But, yeah, uh, um, yeah just wait and see what, what's going to happen here with Didi and, and how Nick Foles, you know, actually looks. I mean, because, yeah, we've only seen him for – what was it, like a quarter in the, the opener there against the Chiefs? Yeah. And, you know, that throw that he threw to Chark is the throw he got hurt on, right? And then, right. Didn't worry? Yeah, he got hurt on that throw. Yep. So his his last throw was to Chark. So, I mean, but um, preseason and everything and all the training camp, it was DD, DD this, DD that. Um, and DD is a good receiver. It's just everything's been, been, you know, all the touchdowns and everything's been going to, to Chark. So, um something to monitor and see what happens this week. Obviously it's not a very good matchup for them. And then let Nick Foles get back into a game and get through a game and, um, and then see how it progresses here and could be something that could, you know, I mean, he's got good matchups in 15 and 16, you know, those are, those are your money makers right there. So those are the money weeks. Yeah, definitely something to keep your eye on. If, um, you know, and if DD's on the waiver wire right now, um, I would, you know, I would feel comfortable in picking him up if there's, you know, if you, if, if you have that availability um, mm-hmm. over somebody else or, or, you know, depending on what your bench looks like, but definitely somebody to go pick up and put on your bench and just wait and see and kind of evaluate because the upside is, is, is pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean, wide receiver two action, you know, for DD. Yeah. Um, especially well, in, the, in those, in those money weeks. And in all likelihood, if he gets a touchdown, I mean, it's probably a wide receiver or close to a wide receiver one week. So, you know, it's um, he should have a pretty solid floor, especially in PPR, which he already did with uh, uh, with Minshew. And so, yeah, he's got I think the upside gets a boost maybe a little bit if they can get back to what uh, the report that they had here. Um, and yeah. Then, and, you know, and there was like there was no doubt that Nick Foles was going to get his job back like. You know, I, I get it that they wanted to make it a deal, but they paid the man to come there and be their quarterback. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, it, it's just – I get it. Like, I, I understand. Like, do we go back to Nick Foles because of Minshew's – the Minshew mania, you know, and everything? But they were going back to Nick Foles. There was no question about it. I think it was it was always just a matter of when Ful- when uh, Minshew was going to have a bad game. It just so happened that that was right when he was right, when Foles was ready to come back. What is you knew you just knew that as soon as Minshew had a bad game, they were going to pull him, and it was going to be Foles. They were just going to wait for that moment, um, and it just so happened that it came right when Foles was ready to go back. But yeah, it was always going to they're always going to go back to Foles at some point, because oh, yeah. unless unless Minshew just went out there and and was Patrick Mahomes every week, which I mean obviously that didn't happen, so. Yeah, I mean, he started out on fire, and if you, you know, if he does, if he would have kept that pace up and is putting up these good numbers, and the Jacksonville's, you know, they're winning a lot of games, then yeah, yeah I can see them sticking with him. But it's it was Nick Foles' job; it will be his job, you know, for this year and for next year at least. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, and I think you know, yeah, to that point. Nick Foles 
starter the rest of the year unless he just completely melts down. And I would think you would have to melt down hard for like a couple games in a row before they would before they would consider going back to Minshew. Um, so that's I would say pretty unlikely. Uh, yeah, and really he would have to melt down this game and the next game. Absolutely. Yeah. And if he just looked absolutely awful, lost or whatever, then I could see them going back to Minshew because they're. I mean. I mean, they're not really in the playoff hunt, but they, I mean, it's they're I've, they're not in the playoff. You know what I mean? I mean, it's right. It's still possible. So you know, they get a, they rattle off a couple of wins here. They're they're back in there. You know, I mean, exactly. there's there's still a lot of time left in the NFL season before playoffs. You know, not so much for fantasy, but you know, for for NFL standards, then yep. you know, there's still time. And if you know, if Nick Foles looks like you know dog crap this week, and they still get a win. And then he stumbles again next week, and they, you know, they lose. Then maybe they could, but um, I mean, I think it's it's his job, yeah, you know, well, for for quite some time. And that's the other big factor. Even if he's not very good, but they're winning games, they're going to stick with him. It's yeah, awful, and they lose, and then he's awful again, and they lose again. You know, I think if he's been really bad, and then they're out of the playoff hunt, they may give Minshew another look. Uh, but that's probably the only kind of scenario where that happens. Yeah. Uh, like you said, they signed Foles to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. Um, and Nick Foles hasn't been amazing, but he also hasn't really ever gone out there and been, you know, uh, you know uh, Nate Peterman level awful either. I mean, so yeah. uh, I think you can expect him to keep that job the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, and then, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, the only real news that we've got here to talk about uh, the Thursday night game uh, or the Thursday night boxing match where a football game broke out. <laughs> uh, was there a game? <laughs> Nobody's even talking about the game. No, this, yeah. No one even even talking about the game at all. Uh, it was like, it was a street fight. <laughs> and you know, the, the, you know, I'm sure at this point, everyone is, is, aware of what happened at the end of that game. Um, and from a fantasy standpoint, I don't know if there's much of an impact, but there is some because it's a blow to the, to the uh, Browns defense now where their pass rush is significantly reduced uh, with Miles Garrett being out for the year. And honestly, the Browns defense hadn't been, hadn't been great, but it also hadn't been terrible either. Um, so this is a pretty, pretty big blow to them and may affect their pass defense. I think uh, a little bit more attackable. Uh, going forward, because they also lost, and his name escapes me right now. Uh, Obi Janobi? Uh, no, they lost a corner or a defense oh. to an Achilles injury. Oh, okay. I want to say Morgan Burnett, but I'm. Oh, yeah, Burnett. Yep, that's right. Yep. Um, so, yeah. He went, uh, he went off in halftime, right before halftime, I think, or somewhere, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, yeah, they are thin. They don't have a pass rush to mask. Because they, they never, they haven't really had a whole lot of talent in the back end all year anyway. The guys that they've had have been hurt, and now they don't have a pass rush to help mask that. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so not much of a fantasy impact other than you can probably start starting guys you wouldn't start against the Browns. Yeah, you know, with with no pass rush, with secondary depleted, um, you know, yeah, look for you know your your passing attack, your pass catchers on on the other side of the ball when you know going going against the Browns. Um, but also in that game, speaking of injuries, my man Juju gets hurt. 
Um, really, Connor. Upset. Connor gets hurt. Uh, Deontay Johnson got hurt. Deontay Johnson got hurt. Man, at one point, like there was Pittsburgh was about to run out of people to suit up. Yeah, they were gonna have to like throw pads on Big Ben and make him run a route out there. I think it was it was getting pretty thin <laughs> for for Pittsburgh. Ben, you know, and, the, and the, it's it's kind of disappointing. You know, Jalen Samuels did score the touchdown, but if Mason Rudolph wasn't so bad, he had four picks in that game. That I feel like Jalen Samuels would have had a monster game because they didn't have anybody else. But Mason Rudolph was just so terrible that they didn't get anything going, and uh, that really kind of hurt Jalen. I thought Jalen could have. That's kind of a missed opportunity uh, for for Jalen Samuels from in that. You know. And I, and I I started Jalen in in our Arrowhead league, um, mainly out of necessity. But um, I had a feeling, like I I legit had a feeling that Connor was gonna get hurt again. I, I just and I think I may have to go back and listen to the pre draft, but our pre draft uh, episode. Um, but I did not believe James Connor could go sixteen games. I know, um, and, and that's becoming true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about injury specifically, but I know for sure that you were not high on Connor uh, going into the year, and that's kind of proven to been tr- be true because uh, he can't stay on the field. And even when he has been on the field, he's had some really good games, but not every time he's been out there. So um, it has not been a productive fantasy season for James Connor. He's been a pretty pretty big bust as a first round pick. Yeah, and, and like I wasn't doubting his talent or his, you know, anything on the field or, or anything like that, but I just couldn't, I just, he just doesn't, to me, is, you know, a 16 game back. I just, uh, I don't think he, he's more complimentary than, than, a, the, than a, you know, your typical workhorse running back. I just, he's better when like him and, him and Jalen can share the role. Like, and he's, he's better that way when he's, and when he's not the guy, I think he's, he's better served in that in that terms. Yeah, you know it's going to be for the Steelers because they're really the ones that. And I, on the Brown side, I don't know that really. Well, the only the only takeaway, and we did we did talk about this um, before before we started the show here, uh, that Kareem Hunt looks like probably a flex worthy kind of, uh, especially in PPR, uh, because I think he is without a doubt there. So I think that's the biggest takeaway and really the only takeaway um, for me on the Brown side. Uh, I think you OBJ is really close to getting another touchdown. Um, so I think if you're still alive, uh, you got to keep running him out there. Uh, but uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, looks like a maybe startable uh, asset in fantasy, uh, especially in PPR, because they're, he looks like the passing down back for them. Yeah, and, and if you drafted Kareem, or if a couple weeks ago you picked up Kareem, um, I think you're going to be very well rewarded here. And uh, if you're still in the playoff picture, um, he's going to be a big boost for you. Because, I mean, already, you know, he was a dart throw for me last week. Um, and, and it was a pretty decent dart throw. Um, you know, not the Thursday night game, but the week before that. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a pretty good, a decent game. And... Uh, in, in a limited role and limited touches, but man, he just looks so good. Yeah. Um, he has not missed a beat from when he was with Kansas city. Um, you know, we were talking, like I said, we were talking before the show, 
about Kareem and yeah, man, he's next year. I, and I told you like next year, he's going to be a sleeper steal, you mm-hmm. know, wherever he goes. Um, but for, you know, for the rest of this year, definitely, definitely in the flex picture. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how he's going to be, man, he's going to be top 30 every week. I gotta, I gotta believe. Yeah. Well, it really, I, when we have Chubb in the league, in the league that we have a team together, and it's kind of, it, it looks like Chubb is going to continue to be the early down back. But honestly, um, I think there is, you have to have a certain level of concern because Kareem Hunt just looks like such a good player. Uh, I think he he's, at least last night, you know, I, I, did, I haven't watched all the, you know, the tape from two weeks ago. Uh, but last night he looked like the better football player. Um, he didn't get as many inside runs, uh, but he did more with the touches he did get, and that's why he scored more fantasy points. Um, and then you factor in the fact that Chubb's just not getting the not getting any looks in the passing game anymore uh, from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, it starts to get kind of concerning, and there the the playing field is a little bit even. And like you said, we talked about this a lot before we went on, but. Uh, it's going to, from a fantasy standpoint, the guy that scores the most points is going to be the guy that scores the touchdowns. That's what it's going to come down to. Um, and that's just going to be pure luck, really. So, yeah, because I think Chubb's going to match whatever Kareem does. You know, obviously Chubb's going to do the, the running and Kareem's going to do the pass catching. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the last couple games, it's kind of leveled each other out, you know, points wise. But yeah, and it's just going to come down to who gets the scores. You know, and you know, last night neither of them got scores, but um, they scored just about the same amount of points. So, um, but yeah, clearly, Kareem Hunt still is Kareem Hunt, and uh, like I said, it's a little concerning for Chubb for us Chubb owners. But um, as long as we get the touchdowns, Chubb's going to be just fine, right? Because he's getting twenty carries a game, so. You got to believe Chubb's gonna, you know, he's shown the ability to rip one off and go to the, go the distance. It just, yeah, it's just entirely. There's no way really to predict, um, but there's a scenario out there. There's a plausible scenario really that the Kareem Hunt presence could actually benefit him because if it makes the Browns' offense better and they do give Chubb goal line, runs, then they'll have more chances at those. And if he's getting those, he could score more touchdowns than he would if Kareem wasn't on the field. Now that's a realistic. Uh, possibility there um, and the Browns do have some really really good matchups coming up they do right yeah and so but yeah I mean you know you got to keep rolling Chubb out there as a borderline RB1 uh, and uh, yeah Hunt is a flex already uh, with room to grow I think uh, every week that he scores a touchdown is going to be a, if you've got him in your lineup as a flex it's going to be a huge boost for you because uh, it looks like he's going to catch about five passes a game and in PPR, it's a nice floor. Um, yeah, and, and he can always take one, and, and he has that ability. And, you know, he's going to get – I think what we talked about before he even came back, he's going to be around the 10 to 15 touches a game. And that's been proven true so far. Um, and I think that's probably where he's going to stay at. Yeah. Because that's where he's going to be pretty productive, and it's not going to cut too much into Chubb's workload. And they're going to give a nice little one-two punch, as they used to say. Um, and uh, – yeah, just come down to who gets the touchdowns. Well, and, it, and if Cream gets a touchdown, like, and, and he has he and you started him as a flex, that's going to be huge value for you. Yeah. Well, and it, uh, so far it's been really working really well for them because his two games back, they've won both those games. 
So, and another thing that uh, you know I noticed and we talked a little bit about is they've had them on both on the field at the same time, which is which, good. Both their value, which is good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it kind of keeps the defense guessing on what's going to happen, and because, uh, like you said, like when Chubb's out there, they ninety percent run. When Kareem's out there, it's ninety percent pass. Yeah. When they're both out there, I think it. You know, I'm. You know, Freddie Kitchens probably had those packages ready long time ago. Right. I mean, in training camp and whatever, because I knew when Kareem was going to come back. So, um, you know, there's probably more. There's probably more to come, you know, in the, in the special packages that they have together. Uh, they're both on the field. So, um, yeah, and that's another but, that, yeah, I would like to see them level that out a little bit because things get so predictable and it can it, – it, I feel like it negatively impacts the, the runner more, in this case Chubb, uh, because when a guy's in there and it's 90% they're going to run the ball – teams will stack the box. Um, and so I feel like that really hurts that player from a fantasy standpoint, but also the team. But the more they get both out on the field uh, is going to be just to keep the defense on their heels a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a good thing for both of those guys. Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, so that's pretty much it for last week that we really wanted to talk about before we um, – Move on to the picks there. Uh, we are going to take a look um, at how we did last week. Uh, we didn't do a show last week, but we did make our picks as we always do. Uh, and, you know, a uh, pretty solid week. Uh, not perfect. We did pretty good. We nailed the must-starts. Um, and so uh, last week, uh, for me, my must-starts were Ronald Jones and Golden Tate. And both those guys were over the 22-point mark. Um, so they were, uh, you know, RB1 and a wide receiver one, basically. So uh, that's exactly what you're looking for uh, for the must-starts there. So those were good plays if you, if you went with those guys. Yeah, for me, I had uh, Jamison Crowder, who had 19 points, and Devontae Parker, who had 11.9. Um, two pretty good, pretty good uh, days for both of them. Yep. And in the category, we pretty much sucked at. Pretty sucked yeah. at pretty hard um, uh, overall as a team here. Um, the good options category, um, Not- Jason Witten for me, um, he uh, only had 3.7 points. Josh Reynolds um, could only come up with 7.9. Um, not, not good, but uh, yeah. Uh, it's just <laughs> and everything was there for them to have good days, and both of them did not. But <laughs> Josh Reynolds was close. If he got one more pass, that's a that's kind of a win. Or a win. yeah, and how many yards he had. So he was really close. Um, for me, I had Jamal Williams, uh, and I really am surprised. Uh, my whole thought there was, you know, and Green Bay did win the game, uh, but. Um, it was just another one of those games where Aaron Jones just went ballistic. Uh, and so there was, there was nothing there for Jamal. Uh, he only had 6.3. Uh, the other one I went with was Zach Pascal. Uh, and yeah, he had been kind of operating as their number one. And then, you know, I guess that's the risk of sometimes these guys that uh, come in, you know, fill in for another, for someone else in this case, T Y Hilton, and sometimes they have good games, and then they're just not as reliable. Um, and so I would have, you know, I would have advocated playing him, but it didn't didn't work out uh, for Pascal. But I still think he's someone that you keep on your team and maybe look at, at starting, depending on what the matchup is, as long as Ty 
out. Um, the dart throws, we did better uh, here. We each hit on one. Uh, I had Russell Gage uh, as one of mine, and he didn't do great. He had 6.3. Um, and so uh, not great there. But honestly, I almost had him. I almost went to back to him uh, again. Uh, because I still think there's, he's going to get a lot of looks there. And now with Austin Hooper out, he might get even more. Um, so I'm actually starting him uh, in the Arrowhead League. My season's over in that league, but I think he's worthy of a wide receiver three flex consideration. But anyway, uh, uh, my other one, Daniel Jones, and that was a that was a big-time hit. Yeah, he had over 30 points. Uh, that was a bullseye dart throw. Yeah, it was uh, – so if you needed a quarterback, you went with Daniel Jones. That one worked out, uh, and he has. There's been a couple weeks uh, with him that I have liked him as a play, and both those times he's exploded. And other than that, he's kind of been mediocre. But uh, you know, again, uh, this one was a good one that I thought was a good spot for him, and, and he nailed it. Um, I think Daniel Jones is a guy that if he has a really good matchup, someone you can look at playing. He's like a perfect definition of a streamer where he's. If it's a rough matchup, you don't even want to think about it because he's probably going to turn it over four times. But if it is a good matchup, man, he's scoring touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, what do you have? Four touchdowns last week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my boy, uh, my boy Slayton, have oh. that guy. Awesome. Awesome week for him. He almost <laughs> got me when I almost knocked off Moose because of, uh, because of Slayton. But, uh, yeah. My my dart throws last week were uh, Kareem Hunt, like we talked about um, last week. He had yeah yeah. I mean, it was a dart throw because we didn't know what was going to happen. Like you know, there's obviously we knew who was going to get on the field, but we didn't know how much he was going to get used. Well, he got used quite a bit, and he ended up with you know a, a pretty solid day with fourteen point four. And the other one was uh, AJ Brown. You know, in the, the 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 Tennessee Titans, you know, upset my Kansas City Chiefs. And surprisingly, A.J. Brown was a ghost until, yeah. like, the last drive of the fourth quarter yeah. and picked up a 17-yard catch, and he only had 2.7 points. But um, surprisingly, the Chiefs have been pretty good at cornerback in, 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 in the secondary, you know, and giving up, you know, yards and receiving. They just huh? – just getting murdered on the ground, obviously. Um, but – I yeah. thought AJ Brown could have a could have a pretty good day and you know maybe get in the end zone, but uh, uh, he was a dart throw, so uh, he only got two point seven. Yeah, the crazy the, the the weird thing about the Chiefs and you know you and I, Joe, we know this very well. Was going into the year, that was the that was the talk uh, of of Kansas City was how bad the secondary was, but the the weird thing is they've actually been one of the best teams in football at deep passing at limiting the deep passing game. Uh, and that's where AJ Brown made his hay, and they again they shut they he was like he was in, he was a nothing until late when he caught that seventeen yarder. Yeah, I just it was I mean I was surprised, but I mean as as well as Derrick Henry was eating, I was like yeah, what else do you do with the football? Like he just handed off to him, and I was really surprised when they were down by two scores late in the fourth quarter that they would, you know, they should have abandoned the run, but they didn't. And I mean, obviously, obviously, we all know it paid off for them, but um, I just thought the Chiefs would be coming out and they'd score 30 plus, you know, I mean, they did, but like um, quickly, you know, and, and put up the run up the scoreboard a little bit with Mahomes coming back. Um, so it would force Tennessee to throw the board, throw the ball more. 
you know, and the Chiefs would play a lot more prevent, but obviously that's not the way the, the way the game ended up flowing. But uh, you know, oh well. Yeah, I, we'll keep pushing on. Mahomes first came back. I hope I hope everyone had him started him because he balled out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes he did. <laughs> Mahomes, yeah, he he needs a he he can do that with a dislocated kneecap. He yeah. he just he's a he's a gamer and he's. Well, guy, we get to watch that for the next fifteen plus. Yeah, this no more, no more Alex check down Smith. Let that be a lesson to you. Even if he's got a broken leg, if he's if he's active, you need to have him. In your... <laughs> yeah, if he's active, you better be active on your roster. Yeah. <laughs> no sitting Patrick Mahomes. We've if if you did that last week, you've been you've learned your lesson now. Don't ever do it. Uh, yeah, and so, yeah. So for the fades last week. Uh, I, yeah, I missed big time on one. Jarvis Landry uh, had a monster game, 24.7. Uh, my other one was Kenyon Drake, um, and he did have double digits. He had 10.1. I was really close on that, um, and he was getting mostly shut down. He ended up getting so, so many touches uh, that it boosted his day, um, but nothing close to what he did two weeks ago uh, in his debut game in the Cardinals. So that was close to him. But not quite, um, Joe. It you... should have been a it should have been a nice hit, but the 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 lack of David Johnson ability to literally do anything, yeah, um, made him go to Kenyon Drake more, you know, especially in the second half. So um, it should have been a, 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 I mean, it's still a pretty solid fade, but it should have been a home run hit fade, considering what you were expecting, probably out of you know Kenyon Drake or what you know what he has done. Yeah, I mean, I was but. David. But really, like Jarvis Landry has become the the wide receiver one in in Cleveland. Yeah, he had um, all game last night uh, in the Thursday night football game. He outperformed, outscored in fantasy at least uh, OBJ again. Yeah, and, and not only do we have Nick Chubb, the team that we share, we have OBJ also. So, right, <laughs> uh, down so close. Yeah, really? and at first I was like, sweet, finally. We're we're off the snide, man. We can get rolling with OBJ now and and just let him carry us through the playoffs because his rookie year, I the the team that me and you share, I shared with Mickey before. Um, OBJ carried us to a championship that year. Um, it's the year he was on IR or he was injured for most of the year. Yeah. Um, and then and it just went banana hammock the last part of the season, and we rode that wave. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm hoping for a repeat of that. Yeah, he's capable of it. If they, they've got some good matchups, so there's still some, still hanging on to some up there. But uh, Joe, you were, you were so uh, on it with one of your fades that they uh, deactivated. <laughs> they must listen to the show. They were like, "Oh boy, uh oh." Yeah, I had Lestrade McCoy as a fade, and uh, obviously we aired that we did the show uh, that Friday and uh, Sunday morning. The in, in, the inactive list comes out and LaShawn McCoy's on there. So uh it's a pretty awesome oh, that's a home run fade right there. That's a, that's a zero. It doesn't get yeah. <laughs> that's probably never gonna happen again where uh I get a fade for a zero, but I will gladly take it. <laughs> My other fade was uh the Dolphin running back situation. Um and that was a pretty good fade as well. Um Kalen Balaj had a lot of carries, a lot of touches but only measled up 8.5. And then 
Patrick Laird only had 3.9. So, uh, you know, if you avoided the Dolphins situation last week, you were rewarded. Yep. Definitely neither one of those guys had startable day. No. That was a good one. Both, uh, both good fades there. Uh, both running backs, solid fades. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, some good, some good uh, picks there uh, from last week. Some bad ones, but some. Other than the good options category, I mean, we pretty much hammered that pretty good. So, um, so we're on to week eleven, and um, you know, not we were we're past the worst of the bye week, or at least the one that has the most teams. That was last week. Um, uh, but there's some valuable players out this week with Seattle, Green Bay, uh, Tennessee, and the New York Giants on a bye. So uh, a lot, of, especially uh, for Seattle and Green Bay. And Tennessee, really, if you, if you talk about Derrick Henry, he's been an RB1. So, um, yeah, the, it's the it's the running back thin week for sure because all those teams have valuable, valuable running backs. Um, you know, there's, I mean, Carson, Jones, Henry, Barkley. I mean, those are – Four RB ones right there, right. So it's going to be pretty thin at running back this week for sure. And so, hopefully, maybe we've got a few guys in here that might be able to help uh, fill those gaps. Uh, for me, uh, the must starts. Uh, I don't have a running back in here. Uh, my first must start. I'm going to go with uh, Marquise Brown this week. Uh, I. I have done this uh, a lot uh, <laughs> on the picked on the same defense here, but uh, a lot of times it's worked. Uh, and I'm going, I'm going against again, the, the Tennessee uh, defense. Uh, they've been much better against the run than the past. And uh, I think, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson has been so fantastic. Um, but I, I, at some point, some team is going to really, focus on limiting his rushing impact. Uh, and I think the Texans are equipped to do that. They have a, uh, a very good run defense, uh, but their pass defense has not been very good. And they've been uh, not good also at uh, uh, limiting deep passes, which is where Marquise Brown could really make, make his hay. So uh, I think uh, Marquise Brown is a guy that uh, – you got to get in your lineup this week. Uh, the upside is just too high uh, in that offense uh, to keep him on the bench uh, this week, at least. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, you know, when he's out there, he's he's pretty explosive. So um, Marquise Brown can, uh, and I, I expect this game to be pretty high scoring. Right. Yeah, I agree. So um, he could be, uh, you know, a major co- contributor to that that score. So. Um, I got another guy later in this seg or later in the next segment um, from this game, but yeah, just because I expect this to be a pretty high-scoring game, so um, Hollywood Browns always a always a threat. And uh, my other my other must start this week. Uh, we finally last week saw what we were all expecting coming into the year out of Jared Cook. Uh, with the connection with Drew Brees finally back uh, and Jared Cook having a real nice game last week. Uh, and I think he keeps it going. I think, you know, uh, we've talk- mentioned it many times how rough and thin it is at tight end. Um, there's actually been a few guys emerge there that it's kind of gotten a little bit better, I think. But uh, uh, 
I think Jared Cook is a must-start at the tight end position. I think he's even flex-worthy this week, depending on what your options are. Uh, The the connection was working last week. I think uh, that I expect that to continue. I would say at this point you can feel confidently in that Jared Cook is at worst the number three option in the passing game with Michael Thomas obviously being the number one, Kamara the two, and then Jared Cook I think has emerged as that third option uh, with Drew Brees back. And the Buccaneers allow the second most fantasy points to tight ends behind only uh, the horrible defense in Arizona. So there's really no reason to not start Jared Cook this week. I think he's in for another solid game. And I think uh, a, probably a tight end one going forward for the rest of the year, uh, Jared Cook. Yeah, um, I, lo- I love this matchup, like this game fantasy-wise, um, because you, you start the studs in this game. And I'll get to some of those a little bit later, but uh, you gotta you got to start the studs in this game. Um, you know, your uh, Michael Thomas – Camara, you're Jared Cook. You know, I don't know if you really want to mess with Latavius Murray this week, but it's obviously it's an option in a deep, deep league, but uh, start those studs. I think Drew Brees is going to have a, a banana game. Like, um, he's going to go, he's going to go ham, as the kids say. <laughs> um, and on the other side, you know, Jameis Winston's going to have to be throwing the ball a lot to keep up. So I, th- I expect this to be probably the highest scoring matchup of the week. Um, you know, total points wise, I know it's not Vegas wise, but this game has that potential because usually they do have this, you know, a really good game, but uh, their previous matchup wasn't really high scoring. But I expect this one to be um, a lot high, a lot, a lot more high scoring than the, the the previous matchup. Yeah. So for me, I do have a running back in my must start this week, um, and that running back is the. Guy who just got a starting job. His name is Brian Hill. Yep. Um, Out there. Yeah, yeah, he was on the waiver wire. Um, Hopefully you picked him up. Um, So, yeah, pick him up if you haven't already and slam him right in your lineup. Um, Because Carolina, a lot of points to to, uh, opposing running backs. And uh, so, like I said, Brian Hill, fresh off the waiver wire, put him in your lineup. Um, so get this on 36 plays last week after coming in for Defonte Freeman, he had 20 carries. <laughs> he was in the game for 36 plays and of those 36. He received, um, he touched the ball over half because he had one catch too. So he had 20 carries, 61 yards. He got the one catch for the touchdown. Um, that's, that's pretty good proportion if you ask me. Yeah. Um, so crazy actually, really. Yeah, like he touches the ball almost more than the quarterback did, um, which is pretty rare to do. It's almost impossible, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> but looking at that, like, and there's no one else there. Like, it's it's gonna be Brian Hill's show. Yeah. Like, it's it's <laughs> everybody else is hurt. Everybody else is in the ice box, man. Um, so obviously, you know, Matt Ryan's gonna be uh, a little more healthier, um, but. And Brian Hill uh, has a smash opportunity here. Um, I, I really like, like we got him on our team, and he's we put him right in. Yep. Um, there's not going to be a question about it, uh, just because, you know, other than maybe if anything, he's going to get a lot of volume. So you know, and obviously with 20 carries, only 61 yards isn't great, but um, 
it's still a productive day. Like, I mean, he still he had the catch and a touchdown. So, um, and and you know, the Falcons can score points. Um, I know this game is on the road for Atlanta, which scares me for Matt Ryan, but because uh, Matt Ryan is just trash on the road for some reason. <laughs> um, so, um, Larry for Matt Ryan, but I, I really love Brian Hill in this in this matchup here. Yeah, I. I... There's there's just nothing to to be concerned about really. Uh, I, I would have to think that the Atlanta Falcons. I would hope at least that they would have the wherewithal to go in with a run heavy game plan here because they're going against in this game arguably the worst run defensive football probably the worst defensive football right now at least. Uh, they are just getting torched on the ground. They can't stop anybody um, and. Ryan Hill's the workhorse, so and he's going to catch passes too. They throw to the running backs quite a bit, uh, so he's got a floor. He's got upside. I mean, he's an easy RB two with a ton of RB. Just you would have to have an unbelievable running back flex situation to not put Brian Hill in your lineup this week. Yeah, with like the teams we mentioned that are on by, I don't know what else you would have to. I mean, I know you probably got Brian Hill off the waiver, but you. Hopefully you got him like like in our situation. Chris Carson's on by, so we needed Brian Hill this week. Yeah, you know, I mean, we had options, but they're not as they're not as good as Brian Hill. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and it, you know, and, and as bad as Matt Ryan is on the road, I like you said, I gotta believe they have one heck of a a run game plan here. You know, it's the perfect storm here. Yeah. Carolina sucks at run defense, so Atlanta needs to run the ball yeah. to protect Matt Ryan. Um, I know Matt Ryan's good. I, I get it. He's really good, but he's the numbers on the road are just not good. So and he's um, he's still probably a little banged up, you know. So that, I think they yeah, and 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 that's another factor too. So if you know, like for for example, I would say you know if you look at the best team that I have right now in fantasy, uh, team that's already clinched playoffs. Uh, I've got Christian McCaffrey. I've got uh, Devin Singletary, and then right now, because Aaron Jones is on a bye, I'm starting Sony Michelle. I would put Brian Hill over Sony Michelle so fast, and I wouldn't even think twice about it. Um, so, you know, even even a team that has been kind of uh, dominating to this point, I would have Brian Hill plugged in there, and and it would be an easy easy call. Oh yeah, so. So my other uh, must start for week 11 is uh, DJ Moore. Um, man, he's kind of emerged here. Um, you know, I had him last year and I was going to try to get him this year. It just never worked out in any of my drafts. But, you know, back-to-back 100-yard games. Um, and the other thing is um, he's only had one touchdown this year. And he's still, you know, putting up wide receiver one numbers. You know, borderline wide receiver one numbers. Yeah. Um, so, where what was I? Um, you know, and I think this week he has top five potential up against this, you know, like this, the, I mean, Brian Hill's in the same matchup against the Falcons, you know. Um, uh, DJ Moore has that, that against that Falcons secondary. secondary. Um, I think he has a, a really, really good game. I mean, he's getting a lot. He had 11 targets last week um, and nine the week before that or something like that, um, like tw- almost 20 targets in the last two weeks. Um, and really becoming, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was it was all Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel was getting everything. 
And now here lately, it's like kind of shifted towards um, DJ Morgan, a lot more of these targets. Yeah, it's these guys are must starts. And it's funny, they're in, I mean, kind of the same situation, but almost the exact opposite. When you look at uh, Brian Hill going up against the Panthers defense, uh, they have been okay, pretty, you know, at least, you know, serviceable against the pass, but just awful, completely awful against the run. And then the Falcons are the exact opposite. They've been pretty solid against the run, actually. They've just been flat out terrible against the pass. Uh, and and really, I think I think DJ Moore is absolutely the safer play. And I think he could just have a monster game because he could catch. He really could catch ten passes in this game. Um, but I think Curtis Samuel is also another good play. Uh, they just they're they're kind of two totally different guys. DJ Moore has been the underneath guy, the chain mover. And Curtis Samuel has been the shot play guy. Um, and I think Curtis Samuel has kind of had some fortune in the touchdown department. Like you mentioned with DJ Moore only had one touchdown. So, you know, really it's a, it could, he could have DJ Moore could come out with a Christian Kirk, you know, three touchdown, just ridiculous, insane uh, monster game here. I think he does have that potential with uh, as the amount of volume that he's been getting uh, and the matchup being as good as it is. Uh yeah, another guy that I think you'd have to have just some kind of ridiculous, insane uh, wide receiver situation to not have DJ Moore locked in and feeling really good about it. Yeah, because you know, I mean, you know, the, the the Christian Kirk situation, like, you know, Cardinals throw the ball a lot, you know, but not that's not the Panthers' situation. You know, the Panthers have the the MVP of the league right now, and Christian McCaffrey, um, in my opinion. Um, but because I mean, just let's talk about that just for one second here. Um. Like, I know Panthers have Cam Newton, and they've still been pretty good. But if you take Christian McCaffrey off that team, they are Owen forever. Um, because, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is right now my MVP. But um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Uh, I got off on a tangent there. Uh, uh, I, crap. If we're talking about MVP, man, my pick would be Russell Wilson. Yeah. But am I uh, – yeah, we're, we're it, but it's a good debate at this point. Uh, but my two, I think for me, it's between right now. It's between Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. Those would be my two. Yeah, I have Christian McCaffrey, and I think, he's, <laughs> uh, but uh, you're gonna have a hard time getting me to move off quarterback for MVP. Maybe yeah, I'm biased, but well, and I get uh, it. But man, you just—it's the most valuable player, and to me. Panthers are nothing without McCaffrey. Literally nothing. Absolutely right. There's no doubt about it. They are. They would be horrendous without him. There's no question. But I think the same is true for those other two guys. I think the Panther, the oh, for sure, for sure, be totally just. They would be again in a team that would be totally lost without Russ. And same goes for the for the Ravens. Uh, But but um, but yeah, DJ Moore. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like I was going to say, so like DJ Moore isn't your household name. Like it's not um, Cooper Cup. It's not Julio Jones. But he is sliding his way into that status, you know, yeah. fantasy wise. And um, do not sleep on DJ Moore. Like I know you may, it's not a big name. It's not, in the, you know, he's not getting. Um, the the attention that he you know kind of deserves right now, but uh, or the hype, but 
believe it. I mean, he's putting up solid numbers every week, and he's due for a, 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 a smash, a smash, and um, it could come this week against the Falcons. I mean, if you look at what Carolina has going there, I mean, <laughs> they had a better quarterback, and Kyle Allen's been playing fine, but still, if they had a difference maker at that spot, you would be talking about one of the best offenses in football because I think DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are a nice one too. They've got Greg Olson. They've got the easily the best running back in football right now. I mean, if they had if they had a difference maker at quarterback, this would be a really really scary offense because they've got talent there. Uh, yeah, and so um, moving on then to the uh, good options category. Uh, I'm gonna go. A guy I like uh, week, um, not quite a must start, um, but I still think uh, you know. And I know that the, in this case the matchup may not be great, but I like Miles Sanders. I think he's a guy that you can uh, get as probably a, a solid flex, maybe a a decent RB two. Uh, Jordan Howard banged up, um, and so they've got they brought back Jay Ajayi now. Uh, but I think that uh, this may be Miles Sanders' moment here. I know the matchup's pretty bad, uh, but I think there's an opportunity to catch some underneath passes, uh, and Miles Sanders is definitely a good receiver out of the backfield. Uh, they're missing Alshon Jeffrey. Miles Sanders in this game is easily going to be the Eagles' best playmaker on offense, and I think that he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Um, and, you know, the Patriots' defense is fantastic, but we've seen they be scored on know that the Eagles offense is no Baltimore Ravens. Um, but I, I just think that there's going to be some scoring there. And uh, I think Miles Sanders is going to be the guy to, to get it done. I think Miles Sanders is a good play this week. Yeah, I mean, everybody's been all over the Patriots defense. They're the greatest defense ever, blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> when they finally faced a good quarterback, they got rolled. Yeah. Um, and they are facing no slouch this week. Um, you know, Carson Wentz is, is no uh, Tyler Palco or um, Sam Darnold or whoever, you know, yeah, the Patriots have faced well, already so far. But, um, yeah, he's not a backup. He's a, he's a pretty legit quarterback. And, uh, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. We'll see if the Patriots defense could be for real. I mean, they kind of got an advantage here where they had the bye week last week. Um, but – um, yeah, with with a lot of weapons down here, um, Miles Sanders and is Jordan Howard is is he's he's questionable to play, right? Yeah, he he. Is there uh, a chance he's out? There is. I, I I read, and I'm not sure if that's still his status, but I read as early as this morning he had still not been. Yeah, not yeah, he's not been cleared for contact, right? So uh, there's a chance that he's out, and uh, I think you know if he's out, that gives you even more confidence. But even if he's in there. He's clearly not going to be 100%. If you're not cleared for contact on Friday, uh, you're not going to be 100% on Sunday. No. So, Miles Sanders, I think this could be – this is his opportunity here. Uh, and if there is any weakness at all uh, in the in the Patriots defense, it has been in the running game. And like I said, I know that uh, Miles Sanders has been more of the pass catcher for them, but uh, he should get some more rushing opportunity. I think the volume ticks up for him, and I'm still a believer in the talent. So, I think that's why – that's – um, why I like him as a play this week. Yeah, he's been limited, you know, on his his usage. I know he had a breakout game a couple weeks ago. Um, 
And honestly, I could use a huge game from Miles Sanders. Um, I'm starting him in a league that I desperately need to win. So if that could work out in my favor, I would very much appreciate it. I am due one. <laughs> I'm so due. Uh, I'm overdue, but um, nonetheless, uh, perfect opportunity for Miles Sanders to uh, to be a fantasy worthy uh, RB two here um, against the Patriots. Yep. I like it. Uh, and uh, so my other good option, I- I'm going to go go with uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, you mean yeah. Terry McScorin? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you know, I, I know that the whole fantasy community is probably uh, down with, for good reason. Uh, but matchup's great. Uh, and we've, they've already talked about uh, wanting to move him around. The thing is, Terry McLaurin is without a doubt the number one option in that passing game. And I know they run it a lot, but they don't run it on every down. And uh, Paul Richardson's out in this game. Chris Thompson is still out. Uh, He's far and away their best pass catcher, and he's going to get the most volume there. It's not going to be a ton of volume, but this is a matchup that he can exploit. Um, I think that uh, uh, he gets the ball. He makes an impact in this game. Enough to be a solid option for you in fantasy. Uh, I I don't have any issues starting Terry McLaurin this week, even with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk where you know Haskins didn't, you know, he wasn't attacking Terry McLaurin. You know, it was everybody wanted Case Keenan because he threw it to Terry every play. All right. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors going into this game here. You know, it's Dwayne Haskins is starting. Darius Geis is coming back. Um, the Redskins run the ball more than the 1947 Baltimore Colts. Yeah. Um, but, uh, man, I, they, they've been talking about McLaurin and how they want to move him around and get him more involved, get him the targets that he, you know, deserves because he is that good. And, um, you know, I, I, I like it. Like I, I like McLaurin. Um, I like him so much. I traded him to you. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm but, I have to get him. I'm, I, I, right now, I have Sony Michelle in my lineup at, at the flex, and I might just have to go with Terry McLaurin because I think that uh, I, if they do what they say and they move him around and they give him the ball, he'll 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 put up um, you know at least wide receiver three, probably wide receiver two numbers like he had been early on in the year. There's no there's no doubt in my mind that he will. Uh, because he's got the talent, and so if he gets the volume. And the other thing about it is, you know, and I know that Dwayne Haskins is, was, has been bad when he's been out there, but he's got a lot of t- practice time now, and so that's that's definitely going to help. I'm not saying that Dwayne Haskins is going to come out here and have four touchdown passes, but it will help that they have had plenty of time to put a game plan together, a uh, solid game plan together, that Haskins has been the f- – you know, the focus of, the, of, of that being the QB one this the past two weeks for them. Um, so I think that benefits uh, McLaurin as well. And uh, if they do move him around, they do get him some volume. Uh, he'll score a fan. And that's what I would expect. Yeah. So they essentially had two weeks here to get ready and, right. you know, get the, the, the chemistry, get the timing, mm-hmm. get the bugs worked out or whatever. And two weeks, let me tell you, is, is, is a long time. I mean, it's, it is and it isn't, but it is in the sense of, you know, running the, you know, 
I want, okay, I want you to cut this at seven yards or I want you to take this post right here, you know, and that's two weeks is a long time to get that, all that ironed out. And I have no problem with starting McLaurin and, and feeling confident about it. Just, yeah. you know, it, it's not like it's not like Wayne Haskins isn't going to want to feed McLaurin. They went to college together. So it's not like he's going to be like, Oh, I don't want, you know what I mean? That we all talk about how much Case Keenum fed him. Well, I feel like Dwayne Haskins is probably going to want to do the same thing. Oh, for sure, because he's going he's to want to feel comfortable. And yep. what more way to feel comfortable than throw it to your best target from college? Like, yep. I mean, so, yeah. Terry McLaurin will get rolling because he's good. And uh, I know the Redskins run the ball a lot, but, I mean, they got to throw it at some point. They can't just run a ball every time. Yep. So, to uh, get to my good options um, this week, uh, one of my good options is Duke Johnson. Um, we mentioned earlier this is going to be, a, I believe, a high-scoring game. You know, the Texans and Baltimore have pretty good offenses um, and their defenses aren't, you know, what they were. I mean, obviously the Texans defense took a, a huge blow losing J.J. Uh, uh, Watt. Um, but um, Duke Johnson has been pretty solid all year here. I mean, averaging, you know, double digit points um, so far in this season. But I believe this is going to be a... a um, a good volume in the pass game for Duke Johnson, um, just because I think the game flow is going to go that way. There's going to be a lot of back and forth, um, a lot of down the field movement, uh, a lot of scoring. And, you know, with a lot of running backs on by this week, you're, you're scrumming around, you're looking for something. Um, you're, you know, you're lifting up under every trash can you can. And um, uh, Duke Johnson is a good chance, a good chance uh, to have a pretty good week this, uh, this week against the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I I, I I like this pick also, and I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a game. Uh, you know, Houston's defense is pretty bad. They just lost their, you know, I think a lot of people were their best player. Uh, and the Ravens' defense has not been – they've been a little bit better here recently, but still not one that you're scared of. And these are two off- offenses that are rolling. Right now. Uh, and I think that uh, if, you know – when Houston faces a team that puts up a lot of points on them, it, it, it gets Duke Johnson on the field more, and he's been effective uh, with touches. So um, if he gets touches, he's scoring fans, and this is a good opportunity here. Uh, I think this is another good good pick here for with Duke Johnson. Yeah, Duke Johnson is the same situation kind of with the you know the Cleveland situation. Obviously, Kareem Hunt's better than Duke Johnson, but yeah, you, know, you can kind of put it in – in that kind of terms of, you know, Duke Johnson is going to be getting, a, you know, a lot of the catches, obviously. Yeah. Um, so uh, my other good option this week, um, he was a must start last week. He slid down a category. Um, and that is Jamison Crowder. Um, mainly because he's got a great matchup. Um, Washington is terrible against slot receivers. They allow the highest completion completion percentage. Um and it's also a revenge game. He used to play for Washington. It is. Um, I like that. I so, love going down Narrative Street. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> so you, you just know Jameson wants to get in the end zone. Like, I mean, he's – man, you, you play against a former team, you want to stick it to him. Yeah. And what better way to stick it to him is to get in the end zone and, and make it really hurt. Like, why why did you get rid of me? Like, you know, and, that, and, and, and you know, that down go down that street too. So uh, – and he's got, you know, touchdowns in the last two games. So, I think he's going to keep it rolling here. Um, a good matchup. Like I said, Washington's terrible against the slot receivers. 
Um, and that's where Jamison Crowder plays, and uh, he's going to have a good game. So uh, a, a good option for me for week 11. Yeah, I, I, the, what, some, some of the Jets are going to have good games. I think Darnold is in a pretty good spot again. Um, and they haven't been throw, they haven't really been throwing it to Le'Veon Bell really as much as you probably would expect in these really good matchups. And he's been throwing it a ton uh, to Jameson Crowder. So, um, yeah, there's there's really no reason that uh, to think that that's not going to continue. And I think it will, and another good spot for them here. So, I agree. Yeah, Jameson, uh, he's become you know Sam Darnold's pretty much his his favorite target. You know, Robbie Anderson has been too um, gone, I guess. I don't know how else to explain his his fantasy season. Um, yeah. But uh, it's not good. And uh, uh, Herndon's gone now. Herndon was there for like four seconds, turned around, left. He's gone. Um, yeah. So uh, the Jets are in a pretty good spot here. So with that, uh, down to the next level here with the dart throws. Um and, uh, you know, Joe, you and I talked about this a little bit uh, before we had laid out our show. Uh, and I'm sticking with uh, Ross Dwelly as a dart throw. And it's the best tight end matchup that there is, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. And if you look, Kittle, Kittle is doubtful, so he's going to be out again. Uh, you look at last week, and I know that um, part of that is because it was a close game. Uh, but. You know, I think the Arizona is not going to get blown out. Uh, I think they can score some points, and and San Francisco will have to pass. Uh, But he had seven targets last week, Uh, and if he even gets five targets, uh, you're in a pretty good spot here against the the worst defense in football as far as uh, uh, limiting tight end production. So uh, I really like Ross Dwelly as a dart throw. Um, You know, the floor is probably – you'd have to think is not much – but he's got a really good shot here, I think, to get a touchdown. Uh, and uh, if he gets the type of volume that he did last week, he'll he's got a really easy path to tight end one numbers as a complete, you know, just pick up off the waiver and, and plug him in type of a play. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm all over Ross Dwelling dart this week. Um, other one is Alden Tate. I'm going back to the well a little bit with him, um, and. Uh, I, I, again, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I kind of have picked on the same offenses a little bit or the same defenses, uh, with being Houston and, uh, um, Oakland, uh, I'm doing it again. Uh, Oakland has been one of the worst defenses in football against the deep passing game. And Vegas is saying the Bengals are getting blown out. Uh, and I, I don't think you can really argue with that. Uh, so I think that uh, Bengals are going to have to throw the ball. I think that Alden Tate has probably the best matchup out of uh, the rece- all the receivers there uh, for the Bengals. So I think Alden Tate has really good upside to catch a long touchdown. So those are my dart throws, Ross, Ross Dwelly and uh, Alden Tate. Yeah, I was I was digging around looking for somebody on Cincinnati because yeah, you know, I really wanted to go with the quarterback, but I, don't, I can't put much confidence in that because Oakland gives up so much against opposing quarterbacks. Um, you know, is the Oakland's defense is just you know not very good. So, um, but I just couldn't put too much confidence in in you know uh, uh, you know anything in Cincinnati. 
I mean, I, you know, I could have put it in a dart throw, but I, I found some other dart throws because, I mean, it's a good matchup on the other side for Cincinnati, you know, but obviously because they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, so I, I was trying to find somebody in that category to put somewhere else, but I just it just didn't work out for me because, um, you, I mean, you already had Auden Tate, so uh, I didn't want to, you know, beat on that drum too much. Um, and as for Ross Dwelly, um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys out for San Francisco. So, you know, no Kittle, no possibly no Manny Sanders, although he probably will play, I think. But how, how effective will he really be? Um, no Matt Breida. So, uh, you know, uh, Ross is in a pretty good spot there. Um, so much so that I took your advice and picked him up. <laughs> you know, uh, mainly because uh, I, I may need a tight end this week uh, with um, – uh, Garrett maybe questionable looks like, so I may have to pivot there, but I also may just have to play him. Like I may have to play Ross Daly over David Johnson. Like it's just how, how, how bad my team is. Well, but, talking about Kenyon Drake being the RB one there now. Uh, yeah, possibly. Um, I guess, I mean, I, I mean, that's in this kind of situation I'm in, like as bad as that is, like David Johnson was my first round pick and now I'm going to be starting <laughs> San Francisco's backup tight end over him <laughs> come week 11. Like, and wow. The thing of it is, is, that's not a crazy thing right now. I know. And that's what's crazy about it. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because it's not crazy. The <laughs> question of whether or not I'm starting Ross freaking Dwelly, who I can honestly say I had never heard of before this season, uh, over David Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's but hey, I need a win and I need points and obviously David Johnson gave me absolutely squadoosh last week, so <laughs> I cannot I cannot afford a squadoosh. Yeah, I need something. I need points. I mean, and, and if 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 Ross can hook hook my brother up and get a tug, give me a tug. I mean, come on now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> give me something. Uh, I've I've put it out there. He I've put my take out there, and I I, I like it. I like I like him as a play. Uh, so, well, I mean, because I brought it up to you uh, before the game last night, um, because I had James Washington and Juju, and I asked you which one to start or none or both, and uh, you brought up Ross Dwelly, and uh, so I ended up picking up him and dropping James Washington, um, which you know, other than Juju getting hurt, um, which you can't predict injuries, so yeah. um, James Washington didn't really have a very good game, even. The fact that Juju went out too, but that's mainly on Mason Rudolph because he played like um, a bag of dog poop last last night. So, dude, he was getting his guys blown up all night. He was so bad. Yeah, he almost got a guy killed, and then he almost got killed. <laughs> <laughs> he almost seen two deaths on the field last night. Hands of uh, Rudolph. Yeah. So to uh, get to my darts this week, um, last week I had a guy coming off um, who hasn't played all year. Um, and I'm going to go back to that narrative again this week. I mean, I know he played week one, but he's back off IR, and that is Darius Geis. Um, he's finally healthy enough to suit back up. Yep. And I know there's a lot of excitement around his return. You know, he's has, you know, the hype, the skill set. He, he looks the part. He's a three-down back. He's all this and that. Um. But you know what? We've been here before, and that was week one. There was a lot of preseason hype. He was going to be the man, and then gets hurt. Um, but 
he's a dart throw for me this week for a couple reasons. Number one, the Jets' run defense is actually pretty good. Um, it's pretty respectable. So, uh, and then number two, um, how much work is he going to get? What's the how many snaps is he going to get? How many touches is he going to get? Um, and then number three, you know, Peterson has been pretty reliable this year. So, how much, you know, like I said, how many how many snaps is he going to get? It's not like you know Darius is stepping in and going to be the man. Like he's not, um, he's not, you know, going to be, you know, he's not getting every snap, every play. So, um, but. So, you know, that's why uh, Darius Geist falls into a dart throw this week, you know, just because there's a lot of uh, everybody wants to, you know, he's back. So everybody wants to just throw him back into your lineup. But uh, I I tre- I would tread lightly here, you know. Um, don't just throw him back in there because you have to or you want to. Um, tread lightly. Yeah, and I, they've kind of floated, I think, the uh... – that he that he's more likely to take the Chris Thompson role at this point than he is to take the early down stuff from from Adrian Peterson, which isn't necessarily negative on his value. Uh, it may be a positive, really, if he can get catches. But uh, um, yeah, it's still you know he had all the talent in the world coming out of college, and it still remains to be seen if he can put that together on the NFL on the on the pro field here. Um, matchups good. Uh, He's healthy enough to get back out there, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But I agree with you. He's he's not someone that you're automatically plugging into your lineup. He's more of a uh, if you really need need someone uh, that you're putting him out there. You know, and, and you know this is the way we you, we rank things. You know, and you know we could go through and rank every single player. You know, from top to bottom, and and how we view it as you know a must start, good option, a dart, or just a total fade. But uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily fade Darius guys this week but um because usually a fade is the guy you're always starting and you want to find a different route but yeah um so Darius he's a dart because you know he could get a touchdown like I mean, I, you don't I mean he could take one you know so um so I mean yeah that's where I, I got him and my other dart throw this week is OJ Howard you know there's, I, I love a lot of players in this matchup, um, but, you know, he, he finally scores last week. He puts up a decent number, but I'm not feeling it this week. I don't, I don't – I'm not going to get too overly excited about what happened last week because I'm not going to ignore what happened all year. Um, I don't want to react to just one game. So and, – and, and in this matchup against the Saints, you know – I expect to happen what's happened pretty much all year, which is it's it's Mike Evans and it's Chris Godwin, yeah. and uh, they're going to be heavily targeted, you know. So, and they're going to do a lot of the a lot of the heavy lifting, you know. And Marshawn Lattimore is out of this game, so you know he shut down Mike Evans the last time last time they played. Um, Mike Evans got a big old goose, so uh, he's out of this game. So expect a lot of Mike Evans, a lot of Chris Godwin. And I'm not so much. I'm not so sure that OJ Howard is going to get a whole lot of love in this game. Uh, you know, he may get a. You know, he may get a touchdown, but I don't think he's going to go. I mean, he was four for forty-seven last week in a touchdown. You know, if you take a touchdown away, it's not. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's boring. You know, you're pushing double digits there, which you know isn't terrible. But out of how much this offense throws the ball. Um, 
you would you would expect the tight end to have more. And that's just I'm not going to overreact to one game last week. So, um, as as you know, and and he would fall into a fade, but it's just so the the pool is so shallow for tight ends that you you probably yeah. have to start him. But if you feel if you feel better about somebody else, um, I would definitely go that route. Yeah, I, I agree with him. You know, he's he had his best game in the you know the most obvious spot uh, against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, they just the they just are not they're practically letting tight ends score. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think you have to expect that he still is always a threat to score just because of you know the the type of a player that he is. But uh, that's really your only hope. I think the volume is just not going to be there for him. Um, but, you know, he is a, a threat in the red zone. I think that's – he's very touchdown dependent, and that's what it comes down to. If he scores, valuable. He's playable. Uh, if not, he's not. Uh, so – and that's really hard to predict. Yeah, you can't predict touchdowns. You you you, you predict the targets, the touches. Exactly. Um, yeah. But you can't – touchdowns are unpredictable. You never yep. know how they – you never know how it's going to go. So, uh, then, uh, the last one we, we always do, uh, the fade and, and you, you touched on it briefly, Joe, but, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we could go through every player and that's what a lot of, of fantasy people do is they just go through the rankings, but you know, it, okay. Chris Caffrey must start, you know, number one ranked running back. That's, you know, that doesn't really help anybody. So I think we really kind of find guys, I think that would, that help, uh, people make some lineup decisions here. Uh, and, and, you know, another kind of the reason why we have it arranged this way with, and rather than just a ranking system. And then, you know, yeah, we just kind of like highlight the guys, you know, that are in the news a lot, you know, I mean, obviously Darius guys is back. OJ Howard, you know, has been in the, you know, on Twitter, you know, the, the topic of discussion a lot, you know, and, you know, some of these other guys, you know, we could go through and do everyone, but we just try to hit the, hit the high points here, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the fades, like like you, you mentioned it briefly, but fades are, in some cases, you may still have to run these guys out there. Uh, like, uh, for example, my the first fade that I've got here is Christian Kirk. Um, and he's still probably startable, but I think really to go knowing that, uh, well, you know, it, it, everyone knows he's not going to repeat what he did last week. Um, but I think the reason the – the biggest reason why I've got him here as a fade is that also they're going up against uh, one of the best defenses in football here, uh, the 49ers. And I, I just think there's a, there's a, a good chance here that, you know, obviously he's not going to do what he did last week, but I think there's a good chance here that he crashes way back down and bust. Um, and so looking at the other guys, really, honestly, I would start, Jameson Crowder over him. I would start Terry McLaurin over Christian Kirk. Um, maybe some people would think that's crazy, um, but I don't. Uh, I think that um, Christian Kirk has three touchdowns on the season. Those were all last week's game. Okay, so before yeah. then, he did not have a touchdown all year. He's not all of a sudden going to be scoring touchdowns left and right. Maybe yep. the touchdown in this game, but there's also a possibility that he has – there's a strong possibility, in my opinion, which is why he's a fade for me that he has three catches for 12 years. So um, he is a fade for me. He's not someone that you can keep in your lineup uh, going forward. He's an asset for your fantasy team. But this week, 
someone to consider benching. Um, yeah, because like you, there's a situation where you could have those two receivers on your team along with Christian Kirk. Yeah, and if you can start one of those two because they they have way better matchups, and you know we feel better about you know their matchup, you know you know collectively and and, and I mean just yeah I get it he had three touchdowns last week but you can't like you said you can't expect that again or yeah. I mean I don't I don't know they played. Uh, I don't know what Christian Kirk had. I don't think he was even in that game. Was he in that game a couple weeks ago? Or was he still hurt? He uh, may have been in that game. 49ers? Yeah. Because they just played like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. You know, I think I can look it up really quickly here. I think he was healthy. Um, I don't think – I know Andy Isabella had the big long one. And, and, you know, and Kyler Murray had a good game that against the 49ers, but – um, they still end up losing that game. I mean, I think it was a Thursday night game, actually, um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. You're right. So, uh, you know, and, and you know, yeah, because that's the week if I I played you and Murray had a good game. Um, but yeah, I uh, mean, I'll I'll get that uh, pulled up here. Uh, I'll get to one of my fades here real quick um, while you're looking that up. Um, one of my fades this week is is. Jimmy Garoppolo from this game, actually. Yeah, from this game. So, um, you know, no Kittle, possibly no Manny Sanders, no Brita. Um, that's three starters out for, for you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and the main one is, is Kittle. And the second main one is, a, 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 you know, Manny Sanders. You know, he may, be, he may play, it looks like, but is he going to be 100%? Will he play the whole game? You know, that's yet to be determined. But, uh Jimmy is not what you call an alpha quarterback. Um, he's not a guy who you can lean on and carry. You know, and I've never, you know, I've not been a Jimmy G fan. Um, he's to me, he's he's your he's Alex Smith reincarnated. Um, serviceable, yeah. Throw the ball, but they better be wide open. Um, yeah, you better scheme it because he's not gonna he's not gonna share, he's not gonna carry you. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, he is – he might be a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, right there in that Alex Smith range. And a guy that, like he did a couple weeks ago, had four touchdowns and look amazing. But then uh, come back and, like he did last week, play not good. Uh, so um, – Yeah, he had his career best game against uh, these, these Arizona Cardinals just a couple weeks ago. Four touchdowns. And I do not believe he's going to do that again. Like, I don't think he's going to put up anything close to that. And he's had a turnover in every single game this year except two. Yeah. Um. He he's 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 putting the ball on the ground. He's throwing it to the other uh, the other team. He's had two games this year where he hasn't even thrown a touchdown. Um. So I just I've not been a Jimmy G fan. Um. And I do not like him this week. You know, considering the quarterbacks that are on by this week, you know, you got uh, Russell Wilson's on by, um, Aaron Rodgers, um, Daniel Jones, um, and, and Tannehill. So if you're looking for a quarterback or, you know, Jimmy G, you're in a two-quarterback league, man, I, I just don't think Jimmy G's going to put up anything this week. Like, um, this may be – I think this is going to be a Tevin Coleman game, you know, a lot of Tevin right. Coleman. I think Tevin Coleman um, off in this game. I almost had. Obviously, I hope started. Jimmy G throws a touchdown because I'm probably going to play Ross Dwelly, but yeah. I just I don't see him. I mean, I, Ross Dwelly could have a good game while Jimmy G sucks. But exactly, 
Yeah. That's... So I just I don't. This could be a game where Jimmy G doesn't even have a touchdown. Yeah. And, and the 49ers will still win, but yeah, because they don't they don't need him. They're, they're, he's not he's not your alpha quarterback. He's not he's not your go getter. He's not your carrier. He doesn't lift the other you know the other his other teammates up. You know they they carry him. Right. Like their their talent carries him. He's a, he just has to get the ball to him. You know he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to get you know find a way to get him the ball. You know he's um, the rest of the team carries is carrying Jimmy. Yeah, and I agree. I think this is a Tim and Coleman game. I almost I, I want I almost had him as a must start. That's kind of obvious. I think like I think everyone's starting Tim and Coleman, so I don't think that helps anyone if I put Tim and Coleman in start. That's why. Yeah. Um, and I have that number pulled up now. Uh, so Christian Kirk did play two weeks ago uh, against the 49ers. And you want to guess what his stat line was? Three for 12. <laughs> Pretty close. Two for eight. Ugh, gross. It's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the floor that you're looking at uh, here. With, with and, and and Murray had his one of his best games of the year that game. Exactly. Yeah. And Christian Kirk was a non-factor. Yeah. So. Ugh, gross. The, the floor not really been lifted uh, for Christian Kirk. It's still really low, and uh, that's the risk, I think, that you take in this matchup. And the other thing about that is that was at home yeah, in this game. So, uh, yeah, Christian Kirk is not a guy, like I said. And the national narrative is, is building him up right now. Like, there's a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot lot of of love for Christian Kirk about being a weekly starter, which, you know, like you said, you're probably going to start him this week if you, like, have to. But if you have other options, like we said, you know, explore those options. Yeah. Because you, know, you, do, you do not want a two for eight on your lineup. When I'm, McLaurin gets, a, a, you know, a touch or Crowder goes for two touchdowns, you know, you, you, just, you just don't want to see that at all. Those guys are just in such better spots. And really, I think you, you're, it's almost like a coin flip situation for me uh, between uh, Kirk and Adam Tate. I think you probably, you probably still go Kirk just because that offense is so much better. Uh, but it's at least – a question for me and I know that a lot of that's another reason why we like to kind of categorize guys rather than rank them because you get a better idea of really what the reality of it is because everyone's going to have Christian Kirk ranked higher than Auden Tate the reality is is that that's a legitimate roster decision uh, is if you're going to start Tate over Christian Kirk because of the the circumstances that uh, that those guys are in uh, and yeah, because Christian Kirk's probably a top twenty play this week according to ESPN's fantasy rankings, yeah. and then Auden Tate's probably in the fifties. Yep, which doesn't even—that's not even. I mean, I I get it, but that's not the way we do it because of that because of this reason. Right. Like Christian Kirk went two for eight. How are you going to have him ranked that high? <laughs> like I get like Arizona throws the ball like, but he was like you. You can't just dismiss the whole rest of the season what he's done over one game and try to boost him way up into the twenties um, and then just leave on Tate who has a, a, you know, a very good matchup here. He's going to be behind. So it's going to be throwing the ball. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the situation you could be in right there. I, I, I get rankings. And I, I know why a lot of people do them, but there's, there's a lot of gap. If you only look at rankings, you're going to miss a lot of stuff uh, because for exact reason right here is that you're going to miss the playoffs a lot and you're going to miss championships (laughs) a lot it's a lot more complicated than rankings for sure yes uh and my other fade uh is in a similar situation uh really uh i'm going marvin jones um and a big big part of that uh is uh, matt stafford is out again um and uh, the matchup is not great 
uh, going against Dallas. They actually have been pretty solid against the pass. Uh, you know, they're not locked down, but they've been – their strength in the, in the in pass defense has been limiting the deep ball, uh, and that's where Marvin Jones makes his hay. Kenny Galladay all the, is the same, but I think Kenny Galladay is a safer uh, bet than Marvin Jones is. Um, so um, Marvin Jones would be a guy that I would be probably looking for other options. He's, again, another guy that you may have to start just because of what they've done up to this point. But uh, if I have other options, I would be going with those uh, rather than Marvin Jones. Yeah, like you said, a similar situation here with Marvin Jones. Um, and I have another Jones that I am fading, and that is Ronald Jones. Um, you know, he was a must-start last week. Dan, you had him as a must-start. Yep. And it was a banger. It was a, it was a nice swing and a home run. Um, but he has turned into a fade this week for me. Um, but you may have to play him. I mean, I get it. You, It's going to be pretty tight for running backs this week. Um, but like we said, just uh, if you have a something else, something better, um, you know, like maybe a Duke Johnson, I guess. Um, may have to play Duke Johnson over Ronald Jones, maybe. I may have to look at that a little bit. But uh, Well, I think it, it, at minimum, those guys are kind of uh, close. You know, and that's something that you probably wouldn't expect, especially with Ronald Jones coming off his best game of his career. Um, yeah. So, uh, like. I, I, I kind of dove into, you know, his, his best game a little bit here. Um, he had eight catches for 77 yards in last week's game. Do you want to guess how many catches he had prior to that game on the season? Uh, he probably had less than eight. He had eight exactly. Uh. <laughs> so you talk about a huge spike in receptions. Yeah. And he went eight for 77. That's 15 points. 15 of his 22 points scored yeah. were in the passing game. So I, and I know this is going to be a high scoring game, but I, I just, I can't see him putting up numbers like that again, especially in the past department. But, because uh, I, I really expect this to be, you know, I expect Jameis to have a pretty good game. Um, and I have a huge dilemma on my hands uh, with whether starting Jameis Winston or Josh Allen. Um, that's probably going to come down to a game time decision for me. Um, but, um, not liking Ronald Jones this week. Um, he's he comes into the fade category for me. Yeah, I, I can definitely see you know uh, the you know, fade here, and I, I think it's almost it's almost a sure lock. He's not going to repeat eight for seventy seven. He's not Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, he's not a guy that or Christian McCaffrey that's just capable of catching ten passes. And he, you know, he maybe he. I suppose it's within the realm of possibility to get to that point. But the, the overwhelming likelihood here is that receiving production drops way off and maybe he catches like two to four passes. Um, but, you know, the problem with that is that then if you if that drops down to that level and the, on the rushing side of things, he did have a down. But other than that, he really wasn't a, a really wasn't super effective uh, rushing uh, last week. So, um yeah, he he really kind of made his day. He did have the touchdown, but on top of that, his day was made by the huge receiving production. And if that dips down more kind of logical levels um, and he doesn't have a touchdown, then he will probably score points, and then he's right there where you're as a fade where you're expecting. 
Yeah. Um, and I get it. You're probably going to have to maybe start him, but uh, definitely rein back what you think he's going to do or because like he's not going to repeat what he did last week. Um, just kind of rein the horse in there a little bit on your expectations of what Ronald Jones is going to do this week, which I know this is a really good matchup. I know this is going to be probably a lot of points scored. Um, I like a lot of other guys in this matchup, but um, I don't think Ronald Jones is going to be um, – he's not going to repeat what he did last week or probably anything close to that. He's probably going to get double digits, but I think he may need a touchdown to have a productive day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we already touched on one of your fades there, Joe, uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo. So that pretty much wraps it for this week on our picks. The, the only other thing uh, we do, uh, we pick the highest score. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here. I I, I wanted to go Drew Brees again, um, but I am a little nervous of road Drew Brees. Uh, it's kind of the Matt Ryan situation. Um, he's been better. Matt Ryan has, but he's still – had some real clunkers on the road, so <laughs> I'm nervous. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm I'm picking Josh Jacobs. Uh, the Oakland Raiders actually have the highest Im, uh, implied total for Vegas this year, uh, uh, this week uh, in the NFL. So Vegas has them projected for the most points uh, this week. Um, and if you look at Josh Jacobs' production, uh, he is all early down back. Uh, and so that limits his floor, but when they're ahead, he gets the ball a ton. And you, I would, you would have to expect that he is, that they're going to be ahead. They're 10 and a half point favorites, the highest projected team total from Vegas. Uh, in I have him picked here, but I'm not saying, I don't know what scenario you would, you would have this in, but you're not starting over Christian McCaffrey, but I will say, that there are only three running backs that I think you start over Josh Jacobs, and it is only because their floor is higher, because they don't have higher upside, in my opinion, this week. And that would be McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin Cook, and Ezekiel Elliott. And that, like I said, that's only because I feel like their floors are higher. Uh, but Josh Jacobs has just as much upside, if not more, than all of those guys except McCaffrey. Uh, he is just in a ridiculously huge smash spot here uh, at home against the Bengals, um, Josh Jacobs. Just a no-brainer play. Yeah, I had forgotten to even um, to put this in here before we started the show, but I was scrolling through the, the setup here and and um, realized I need to put a name in there because um, <laughs> I was doing all the other stuff. And uh, so I am going with um, Mike Evans. Um, I'm kind of going off the beaten path here a little bit too. You know, I, I really love what, what Drew Brees can probably do this week, but, you know, the whole road deal um, scared yeah. me as well. Um, but, I mean, just because the Buccaneers' pass defense is, is ridiculous. Um, but um, on the other side of that, I think Mike Evans um, is is ready for explosion as, again. Um, I know he got goosed against them, and I think he's going to be – He's he's gonna try to um, improve on that zero by quite some this Sunday um, against the the Saints and uh, Mike Evans is my projected high scorer for Week Eleven. Oh. 
But I, I, li- I like your Josh Jacobs. He, it's that's a that's a two touchdown special. Yeah, for sure. Like he's he's getting two tugs easily. And, and another guy, I was like, you know, well, he's a must start. But I'm like, I'm not. I can't put him as a must. Everyone. That's another thing where I was like, that's it. He's an obvious must start. So I was like, well, you know, he's such a good play. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him from a from my top play. Uh, I just think that, and I. I we, you know, a few weeks ago, we talked about some guys uh, to target and go out and trade for, and I know he was probably pretty difficult to get, but I think he's paying dividends. Uh, you know, one of the guys that I advocated for was Josh Jacobs, and um, he's an RB1. He's a elite RB1 this week and probably an RB1 going forward. Um, it's just a, a really good spot for him this week. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, pre-draft, I wasn't too high on him because it's the Raiders, and right. we just didn't know what was going to happen. Been... But man, Josh Jacobs, he like, and I wasn't doubting his talent. Right. I guess that's where I, I guess that's where I, I went wrong on on not trying to, you know, get him in any drafts that I did because you always just go for the talent, like talent and then opportunity are your two factors when you're you're, you're trying to attack players. Um, and uh, I just didn't have that much trust in what the Oakland was going to do with him. Um, but I was proven wrong. Like Oakland actually did something right. Yeah. They've been a lot better uh, than I expected, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense is still terrible. Yeah. Uh, their offense has been a lot better uh, than I would have expected going into the year. So uh, I think and a lot of that's because I think Carr's trash and I think he's still trash, but uh, he's good enough to get the job done, you know, yeah. especially with a running back like Josh Jacobs, where he can carry the load for them and, uh, you know, because Oakland doesn't really have anything weapon-wise. I mean, I know they got Waller, but, man, they have, like, but, not a lot in the receiver category. For the Raiders specifically, my biggest takeaway is I think that Gruden has proven that he can still cut it in the league. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of question there, but I think that is clearly uh, what we've seen is that Gruden has got that offense working the way he wants it to, and it still works uh, in, the, in the league in 2019. So that I think that's the biggest factor. Uh, in and Carr is having a better year than he did last year, but, you know, I know I get it. It's the second year into that system, and we can just see how he does the rest of the year. But uh, as being, you know, one of the top five, seven, I don't think Carr's ever getting to that point. No. Um, but, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs has, has, has blown me away a little bit here this season. So that's it for this week. Um, and like we always do, we'll get everything out there on social media and uh, feel free to hit us up uh, on there. Uh, any questions that you may have. Thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we will be, we, we enjoy doing it. So we'll be back again next week. Uh, good luck uh, in deep into the playoff push here. So uh, go out there and get some wins. Good luck guys. I'm not going to